Hi everyone and welcome to episode 222 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John by KC. Now then, sorry, I was just thinking about 222. That, that is a lot. It also, is. Two, also 222, why us? Why us? Why us? Although it is the Ashes at the minute, so I should also say double Nelson. Um, that, the that, EFL, that. Yeah, the EFL have finally got off the arse and done something. And I, for one, welcome our new investment vehicle overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a podcast, we can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in the underground sugar caves. Um, I was I was thinking of when um, it cuts to the UN building and it shows like the hick in front of the in front of the house, and you just go, "It's over there." But it's kind of the opposite for us. It's going front shows the UN building. You go, "No, no, it's that one, uh. the one with the hick." <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's finally done. Obviously, it, ev- I think every single person involved and every single person with any interest in it would have rather this was done weeks ago. Um, but at least it is finally sorted. As with every owner, they start off with a pretty clean slate. And you just have to see where it goes. I mean, that Palad has done a long interview on the Leeds United podcast. And as you would expect, he has said all the things that you would quite like to hear. You know, yeah, I'm there to put the money in. I, uh, I'm, my ethos is to hire the best people and empowering them to do their jobs. The best chairman don't need to talk too much. You know, all the things that you want to hear. But we'll believe it when we see it. He did Well, he did this while speaking on a podcast. Yeah. You, you have to do one interview at the start. I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm... He did do one thing that was a bit Radrizani immediately. He did go, because, uh, Le- yes, Leeds need the Premier League, but the Premier League needs Leeds, and the Premier League knows it. No, they don't. They don't. I, the, I honestly, even without being a Leeds fan, do believe the Premier League is better with Leeds in it than without it, just because everyone hates us, and that helps atmospheres and stuff. But they clearly look at the finances. They don't need us. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, again, very coming into this with a, a low trust level, real uh, low, and, um, the, the ticket prices have, have not put people in the best of moods to start you know, with. You know what, as a, um, you know, you have to check your privilege every now and then. As a season ticket holder, I actually forgot about that and didn't put it in the notes. Yeah. Um, it is, if you like to sit in the West End and have no leg room, unless you are five foot four, and you want to do it against a Category A team such as Southampton, yeah, you can pay £47 for the privilege. £47 for game in the championship it is a ridiculous price um i find it but it's this as much as obviously ours are worse than a lot of the teams in the championship so it is a leads problem but it also isn't a leads problem it's a football problem and it's also a the fucking tories and inflation problem <laughs> it's it is just shit. And it should never cost that amount of money to watch a football team. No, it's it's absolute madness. If your cheapest 
category A ticket is £35 for, yeah. for adults. Uh, I assume the season ticket would be counted as the East and Upper Wings. Are you far enough across for that? Yeah, I believe that the the bit that's middle is those padded seats in the middle. Yeah. They don't sell, as far as I'm aware. So... As, as like a, well, they don't sell them in the same way, anyway. It's a separate thing. So, yeah, so they, they would be category A, £41 yeah. for, for those seats. Uh, and hopefully they're not still doing the thing that they were doing before, where if you buy them on the day, it's a five or more. Uh, well, you've got to pay a booking fee, obviously, Jack. It, yeah. it can't be avoided. To send that if, QR code to your phone. If Ticketmaster have taught me anything, booking fees cannot be avoided. Yes. Okay, now we turn negative quick here. Um, yeah, the bastards. I mean, Why haven't they signed anyone yet? Yeah, it is understandable. Though. Yeah, no, it is. But I did see a thing that uh, the Supports Trust tweeted out apparently Leeds have agreed with all the because the, no one actually gave a fuck about Leeds fans of course they didn't everything was I cannot believe you're charging away fans 47 quid yeah and Leeds have agreed no if the away fans will make the tickets cheap for if if Cardiff make it cheap for Leeds fans we'll make it cheap for them and the reason I've used Cardiff is because that's on the opening day and they have agreed to it so I believe it's 24 quid for them Ellen Road mm. and therefore it's 24 quid for us there Mm. Which is a good thing, but it does mean that it's a lot cheaper for a Cardiff fan to watch Leeds than it is for a Leeds fan to watch Leeds. Which so it, I can understand people being pissed off about it, but you have to get the price if it gets prices down for the people going away. All right, fair enough. It's but I understand from a purely business point of view there are high levels of demand. So you can charge more. Yeah. That does like, not unless mean... we up to shit, we'll still sell out all season. But that does not mean you should <laughs> charge more. Um yeah, off off the back of a relegation and your team being gutted. Um yeah, forty seven pounds. you know, you're spending what the best part of two thirds of a day's wages on a ticket. I mean, for for a lot of people, it's a yeah. huge chunk of money. It is. It's a lot, and it's especially absolutely. if, for instance, someone has a mortgage that isn't on a frozen rate at the minute. Mm. You know, like it, it could have gone up hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I know for certain that my energy bill is near. I think I think it's nearly triple what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things at the minute where, and I'm aware that like football is not the be all and end all and stuff, but for some people, it's not a million miles off that. It might be their, it might be their one thing. And the, I mean, clearly it hasn't priced people out of it because the season ticket retention rate was 98% or whatever it was. And it's still going to sell all the tickets. So from a business perspective, it's the right thing to do. But I don't like thinking about things like that. Yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing, but um, you know, like I say, there, there will be people who who pay it, but um, it doesn't mean again because the stadium will sell out or be as close to as you can get that it's right or good. But um, 
ultimately, if, again, if you're going to do, if you're going to charge those sorts of prices, fine. You've got to deliver something for that, then. Yeah, um, and that's that's well, that is the one thing. Like, if we're good this season, people will stop giving a shit about the fact that it's expensive. They shouldn't, but they will. That's just how people, that, how football fans are wired. Um, obviously, we've talked a bit about Pelagna. He's been there, he's been there for a while because he was vice chairman and stuff, leading the Forty Diners. He will see how he does. Uh, Angus Kenny is remaining as CEO, so he'll run all the day-to-day stuff because. Well, I say won't always be here. And Rudy Klein Thomas has the title of co-owner and vice chairman, so he must have by a decent amount the biggest stake. You would think, as an invest, as an outside mm-hmm. investor in this, uh, there was a lot about him written on the Athletic. Came through, came through through like basketball agent and got into venture capital and formed his own business and stuff. There's no point really going through that. Read it yourself. It's very well written and there's plenty of information in there. Uh, the he has family ties to Leeds, so you hope that he'll care enough to for that to help. But I don't think it will matter too much. He bought into Plymouth last August. Um, they got promoted, and now he's sold his share there. So he made a few quid off that. And if he does the exact same thing at Leeds, buys into us for a year, we go up, and then he and then he fucks off. I'll be absolutely delighted with him and say fair play, sir. <laughs> like, um. The main, we sort of knew that it was coming. I wasn't expecting the announcement to come at about quarter past ten at night, admittedly. But all of a sudden, there was actual news coming out, and that made you think, "Oh, there must be something going on." And I think, like Joe Donahue said, "White smoke in a tweet." <laughs> so like, a few hours earlier, so they were pretty much letting slip. This is going to happen. And the may, uh, we'll say that the one out that's officially happened since last time is Matt Rock has gone to Betis. Uh, no one seems to have actually confirmed if they've got an option or not. And I've read through, like, I read like seven news stories. It was always expected they would, so I'm going to assume they do. But who knows? Yeah. Um, good luck. I, I, I bear no ill will to Mark Rocker. I think he was, as we've said before, he was the wrong signing for the wrong team. Yeah, and the wrong league. Yeah, I don't like, think it's to anyone in the Premier League, but it might that, well suit that. Is. Get that man to Italy. <laughs> Surely that's the league. Maybe the Eredivisie. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he he will go. The, the 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 thing I just the thing I always struggle with is, and and a few people have sort of poked at it a bit now. Is the these departure statements from players that are going out on loan. I've honestly, I haven't even been reading them. It's well, again, because I was sat at my desk doing nothing when it came out. (laughs) Like Robles, I'm, I'm kind of fine with. He's, he's, he's at a point in his career. Fine, if you want to go be a really well paid number two goalkeeper, grand more power to you. I'm hoping it's going to be number number one. He's signed for someone in the Saudi second division. Oh, is that where he's got? I just knew he hadn't. He wasn't joining. He has they gone to, and I can't remember the name, division. but it's, I can't remember the name of the team, but it's the one that Lobby Fowler's managing. Um, <laughs> ah, well, all right, good luck to you. Um, Christ, yeah, if you end up as number two uh, there. But I, it's... I, a friend, friend of the podcast, Alex Benison, saying option to buy at 10 million for Rocker. That is the thing that was, that's the thing that I thought it was, but none of the stories actually confirmed it. <laughs> yeah, it's. There's very much something about him saying, you know, I, I, I am now one of you. I, I will be a fan, and he's like, just 
it's not your fault. It's all of your faults we got relegated. <laughs> but don't don't say you're a fan now and we'll start looking at it. It's like, no, don't do it. You don't need to put out a statement. Just go. Yeah. You were you were shit and we have been relegated and you are leaving. Let let's let's all be honest about the situation here. Yeah. So he's gone. I think he'll probably do fine in Spain. Uh he'll definitely do better than he did at Leeds. The annoying thing is because he'll do well in Spain, he, he will then like look we will then be looking at a better player and thinking, oh well, what if he comes back? And then it will and then if he did come back, even if even if he has done well for you, it wouldn't do work because he doesn't suit the league and just be a circle. Uh but we have been linked with our first, like proper first team signing. And to be honest, I'm pretty happy. Uh Ethan Ampadu from Chelsea for what sounds like about seven million, and then there's some add-ons and a sell-on and stuff. Um, there was a very consistent thing in the stories, especially Graham Smith's, that said, looking at an experienced international centre mid. Now, I wasn't thinking a 22-year-old, but he does have like 44 caps, so that is not an unfair statement. That is a lot more than I thought. I think he made his debut when he was... I think he was 17, but he might have been like Bale. He might have been 16. Yeah, he seems to have skipped straight from under-19s into the first team. Um, he, he, went, he came into the team at Exeter when he was maybe 15. In fact, he was. 15 years, 10 months, 26 days. I've just found it. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting when you see it. I, I love when any English players go play abroad. So it's been quite funny to see him go play in Italy for two years. But every uh, single world person listening to the podcast, which admittedly won't be many, is furious at you right now. Why? Saying English players going abroad. Uh, no, he is. He was born in Exeter. I know. That's why I said Welsh people are going to be furious. Yeah. It, it, get over it, yeah? <laughs> Sing God Save the King and grow up. He was also, uh, eligible, elig also eligible to play for Republic of Ireland and Ghana. Huh. Add him to the list. That, that picture that was doing the rounds of a... Uh, Jude Bellingham, Jack Creelish, and Declan Rice in uh, yeah. Ireland shirts. Admittedly, Jude Bellingham's was when he was about six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put him on that list of, of Irish players. But um, no, in terms of a player, I'm, I'm quite happy. I, you know, I, I I like him as a player. I don't think he's. I don't I don't think he's going to set the world alight straight away for us by any means. But I think he's. Relatively experienced at this point, can do a job as centre mid or centre back. Looking at our team, unless there are more departures, he's looking like he's going into centre mid. I would hope so. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to have watched like anything other than a couple of videos on Twitter from like the Nets here and Spets here. I did see a little bit of Leipzig where he didn't play much, but they were in Europe, so you saw it. And he was, by all accounts, pretty pretty decent at Sheffield United but in not a great side the thing with him is whenever I've seen him I have always thought midfielder not centre-back like the entire time hmm. it's fine to have him there as an option but he's definitely a midfielder for me Farker is normally 4-2-3-1 whereas because like my first thought was him playing deep releasing others but you would think it's either going to be 
I would say him and JB because un unless he is here the day after the transfer window shuts, I am always assuming Tyler Adams is going. Um, I mean, that, that, that is the one thing, though. I imagine him and Adams is a very defensively-minded midfield. Yeah, you would want whoever's playing 10 to be a Rutter or a Sinistera or a Gelhart at that point, someone who is basically a forward. Yeah, um, that's why I don't think it will be that. I that's why I think that it'll be Ampadu and JB at the minute. There's also a, quite a lot of talk about Glenn Kamara from Rangers. If Kamara and Ampadu come in, then I think it's fair to assume they think Adams is going. Yeah, I I, I imagine at this point. Oh, they think. Oh, they think Ampadu's a centre back. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, I suppose your you right-sided player, your right-sided defenders, have gone. You know, well, I mean, we've got Charlie Cresswell, basically. It's it's Charlie Cresswell, Ethan Ampadu, because yeah, Cock and your end. It's not gone. Luke Ayling. Um, yeah, I don't really bring Luke Ayling in into the sense-back equation, but I've been not doing that for years, and I wish others would have done as well. Yeah. Um. But, you know, you look at how stocked we are at left centre-back at the moment between Cooper, Strauch, Verber, Yelda. Mm. Um, like, that is which, absolute time. We do not need a left centre-back. No. And, to, and, and to I actually honest, think one of them will go, probably. I, I, think, I think one of them will go, but should should that be the case on, on by the end of the transfer window that all four of those are still here? I do, I do think you could save yourself a job and just have Max Verber as your left back. I, I think, the, it, I think he's probably squad. Yeah, I would rather we got an out and out left back. But I, I've, I don't know. I'm I sick suppose... of stuck at left backs and shit ones. I, oh god, I... I'd give anything to just have a good left back for a year. Right, Even Ryan if it's Manning's, only a year. But Ryan Manning's gone. We've got to move on. There's, some, there's no more left backs out there. Um... But because I think I said to you last, I think I said to you before about how, how you would feel if Yelda was starting there. But if you if you were to tell me that on the opening day it was Cresswell, Strauch in the middle, and Verba at left back, I, I think I'd be all right with that. Oh, I'd be all right with that on the opening day. I'm, I think I'd be slightly less okay with it in September because this is going to be a window where. I'd be surprised if we don't make a deadline day signing or even two. I don't go to bed just yet. I think that it might be one of them. Um, <laughs> we we definitely, but I I do like Yelder, so I, I I feel like Yelder would be my one that I put in, and it'd just be like Cresswell Verber at the minute, and then Cooper and Strauch could probably be on the bench. I can't believe I'm saying that about Strauch. If you'd have told me I was going to say that about Strauch in the Championship two years ago. Where we, where he, the man who who turned down uh, a Belgium call up, yeah, like this is. Well, you have to remember he was playing well enough before the World Cup that he was in the thirty-five man World Cup squad for Holland. Yeah, well, for the Netherlands, not for Holland. That's a region. Um, but like that's what, and then he just, he's just not the same. No, we broke him. Yeah, left side, he, think, left side right. defender. We broke him. Yeah. That's why when I say I think one of them will go, I think it will be Strauch. Mm. And I think someone will buy him. 
because they'll be able to get him fairly cheap because of the form he's been in. And then, then there'll be a million scouting departments and coaches going, no, he, he's still young. He could still be good. Maybe Wolves because they've lost all the centre-backs. Um, so, yeah, he's done. It sounds like Ampadu's in. Everyone is pretty happy around. Well, never everyone, but everyone by Leeds United Twitter standards because it's been like 98% happy. Um, it, we have also just about signed someone to come in as part of our recruitment department, uh, Greta Steinson, who everyone remembers scoring a screamer for Bolton on his debut in like 2008. And I say everyone because that's what everyone tweeted when the story came out, including <laughs> me. Uh, he was at Fleetwood and did a good job by all accounts. Went to Everton, where he was head of recruitment and development and head of recruitment at Everton doesn't scream good guy to hire. Uh, and then he was Spurs performance director last season, but that was always... And have they likely, been performing? That was always likely to be short-term because they were changing their entire recruitment department this summer. Um, I mean, it sounds like he's coming in, but it's not like he's coming in and we're telling Nick Hammond to bugger off. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be the main man. It sounds like he's going to be one of several. Uh, they... The talk about him is that he's not big on bullshit and that he just goes things and the agents like him because of that, which could be useful. But as for whether he's actually any good at the job, I've no idea. Yeah, I've, like I said, I've got nothing to add to it, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it, the, the recruitment department needs rebuilding at this point. Well, it needs building because we didn't have one last year, really. We had some scouts reporting, to, but it was just Victor Orta, really. With information being fed to him by... It wasn't a department as such. It certainly wasn't a Premier League level one. No. Um, it was sort of run by the rantings of a, a mad Spaniard who um, should probably invest his energy into... Uh, the property market and doing properties up. Yeah, well, we'll see if it can do up severe. Um, there's only one other bit of news which is quite useful for us personally. Leeds United women are going to play the home games at Gaffer Town. Um, Even more local, love it. Yeah, like properly local, like short drive. Local enough that you technically could walk it, but it's far. It's a long walk. If, if there was a conveniently placed path that went if a bit you, more yeah. directly, if you yes, could go the yes, you could. <laughs> but unfortunately, Garforth was built in such a way that perhaps not. But anyway, um, yeah, good, good move because ultimately, it is. I think it's closer and more accessible to most Leeds fans than Tadcaster was, and it's very near the motorway. Yeah, very near the motorway, and it's just closer to the city of Leeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, good move. I Hopefully, we can get to some of those. Yeah. It's not one I can't say and say, oh, I'm going to go to Lords, but I should be able to get to a few. I mean, I go, I, we went to a few Garforth games last season. We'll probably do the same this year. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty likely that we'll be able to get to some of them. Especially, especially if on like a you know, if they have any evening games and stuff, that'd be really convenient because the beer's pretty good at Garth as well. It's mm. all Kirksville Brewery stuff. Um, 
there is only one other thing really to talk about, and it sort of is useful because of when it is. Radizan has done an interview exclusive with Sky, which I'm going to level with you. I have only had time to read the transcripts of it. I haven't had a chance to listen to because, as usual, we got time to sort this out due to work and stuff about 10 minutes before we went live. Uh, he just, it was the same old on BL, so we don't really need to retread that. Uh, on Marsh, he said him being a good motivator helped us stay up that first season, but we were then expecting this playing style that he was sold by Orta to then kick in. He talked about how they were comparing their training from videos and how similar it was. We expected it to kick on, and it just never did. And he said he wanted to sack him before the World Cup, but he was persuaded not to buy Orta, and that was his huge mistake. Which, yeah, it was. Uh, and there was also a few other things that he said, you know, just like uh, about how, oh, well, it didn't really work with Javi Gracia either. At that point, the squad was beaten and stuff. And it's really annoying hearing him say all of this stuff because that's what everyone was saying. You're hoping that there's, I, I, I always say, I've said this about numerous things in football. It shouldn't be the thing that I think it is. It should yeah. be more complicated than that. It shouldn't be when everyone's saying, sack Marsh before the World Cup, you've got a six-week break, it's the perfect time to rebuild something. And then like a few teams change the coach and they all get better and we don't and we get worse. It shouldn't be that simple. You're meant to be... You should be cleverer than us and you're just fucking not. You're just witcher. <laughs> yeah, and then... And again, the, the, the flip side to that is if you're going to stick with him, make sure you've got signings coming in the door January 1st. And yeah. we didn't. And but, if you're you know, going to bring in his players right at the end of the transfer window, don't then sack him about three days later. Yeah. Just, sack him early, fine. It was so weird how if they'd have sacked him earlier, it'd have been miles better. If they'd have not sacked him at all, hindsight being 2020, it would have probably been better. Mm. Like, well, we went down in 19th and we didn't win in his last 10 games. Yeah. It probably would have been marginally better if we hadn't sacked him at all. But the one thing that they did was in the middle of those two, which was the worst of the options. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's do hardly anything. I was absolutely fine. With, I, I'll never pretend I wasn't. I was 100% fine with a sacking match when we did because I thought at the time, oh, and it sounds like we're going to get Iriola or Slot or someone like that. Okay, I was good with it. If you'd have said we're not going to hire anyone, it's going to be scoops for a few games, and then you're going to get having Garcia out of the Middle East. No, <laughs> it's a totally different thing. Um, he's he's completely denied that the Ellen Road being used as collateral to help buy Sampdoria was ever a thing. Um, he has said, you know. I was involved in trying to find a solution, which we did. In conversation with the bank, I offered my own group corporate guarantee as collateral for some financing. They asked about the stadium. Um, in the end, we found a completely different solution, but it was only part of the conversation. There's been a lot of speculation around this. I understand the fans' feeling, but nothing happened in this way. You signed the piece of paper saying that you would do it. So you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jack, Jack it's 2023. E evidence doesn't mean anything. Yeah, this isn't allegedly. He did. He's, we, they had the piece of paper. He did. Whether he was actually going to do it or not, I can't speak to. But he certainly signed the thing saying that he would. 
Um, so yeah, that and th- there was all a lot of um, you know regrets. The criticism is justified because I fail, and I'm happy to take the blame, which is weird because he spends the entire rest of the interview deflecting the blame. Um, ah, classic Eric Bischoff. Yeah, it is one of them. I don't remember. Like, you do, though. You fucking do, Eric. The ma- One of the main things he said he regrets was, like, placing just complete trust in Victor Orta. Which is how it looked from the outside, to be fair. Like, it did look like if Orta said something, he was like, well, you're the football guy, so I will go with you. Which, it, I suppose, in principle, is actually what I would want from the chairman. But the, the, to listen so, to the main football guy. The I, problem is I, the main football guy had made shitloads of bad decisions for two years in a row, and he never did up to address it. Yeah, that the, the very much needed to be. I think certainly after the the near miss, yeah. like the next year, there had to be a, a, a an actual analysis of what what does this team need, you know, and and, and you know. A more a closer eye on the the incomings and what we were looking at, because you know, in in theory, you went well. We lost, you know, we lost our, our right winger, but we have brought in a different right winger. Well, we brought but, in seven left wingers, really. Well, uh, to be honest, <laughs> I was thinking Brendan Aronson because that's sort of where he was at the start of all this. Yeah, um, as a nominal right winger. Um, you know, we needed central midfielders, and we brought in a central midfielder. They weren't what and we actually the, the players they were weren't what we needed, though. Other than central midfielder, other than can play on the right. Yeah, he did. He did say in the interview, um, Adam Farshaw. You know, Arthur's thing was to bring in players that haven't proven themselves yet at the top level, and he was going like. I shouldn't have let him spend so much on these players. We needed a couple of experienced names in there. And he was also saying that like the jump from the Austrian league is just too big. No. And yeah, again, that's sort of what I, I, last summer, I aren't going to be as annoyed about as the summer before. Because last summer, when I looked at our signings on paper, I thought that we hadn't had a bad window. Like, I thought Christensen would be decent. I thought Locker would be good. I thought Adams would be good. Adams actually was. Uh, you know, it's not like the window before... It's not like the window when we finished ninth and brought in Dan James. Um, did, we sign, because... did we sign anyone else? Klassen? Was he that summer? And that's it? Klassen, yeah. Like, that that window... Oh, Junior Furpo. Yeah, and Furpo. Who... Furpo, I still, in principle, went, well, we needed a left-back. I have seen him be good before, so I'm not particularly annoyed about that one. But that window, everyone knew wasn't good enough at the time. That isn't hindsight. This window, a lot of people were happy with the business, including me. Not completely happy because I still thought we needed a centre-forward. But it wasn't, I didn't think it was as bad as it ended up being. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I've just... It just makes me think that we were pretty much right about where the blame lies. The blame was Orta, but Radrizani enabled Orta. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the annoying thing is, because, you, you know, Orta will always have the, 
Well, I, I got Bielsa and I helped construct that team. Also, if you I, read that, if you, if you saw that interview, no, he didn't. It was Rads. <laughs> <laughs> Even mm. though Rads said it was Arta back in the day. <laughs> and, and you could agree with that to an extent, but then you go, all right, but the year before, your two hirings, as, uh, your two choices of manager and signings were fucking bizarre. Yeah. He, he chose a man who'd won the Cypriot League and a man who was fast-tracking his way to relegation from the championship. A man who won one of his last 23 games. So, yeah, you, you know, but but again, that's it's it, it, it's very much on Radrazani for not keeping him in check when it needed to be. Yeah. And on whoever the manager was as well to say, no, I need a left-back with some fucking pedigree. Yeah. Uh, one bit that I forgot, so I'll just mention it now. I forgot because no one's seen it and no one's 100% sure on what the score was. Did you see the, that there was a behind-closed-doors game against Barnsley? Yes. Uh, Behind-closed-doors, it was on a field. Yeah, that's how people saw it, because it, it appeared to be a school field. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has sort of settled down to apparently be 9-1. Both Leeds based and Barnsley based journalists saying 9 1. And more important, not, and even more than the journalists who I've talked about it a little bit, people who had pictures of the game saying, I think it was 9 1. <laughs> yeah, there, there seemed to be. A, well. <laughs> there seemed to be something of a vantage point where you could see a decent chunk of the field. So obviously, a few yeah. people have ended up going down to it. Um, I'm assuming from that, and I hope for Barnsley's sake, that's not their first team. Apparently both teams started with a full 11, and then it got younger as the game went on. Uh, Leeds were 5-1 up at half-time. Barnsley also, like the friendly before that, they cancelled because they couldn't field a side. It sounds like Barnsley might be really in the shit. And not because of the coaches or really the players. It sounds like something's gone wrong. Um, but yeah, well, I thought I'd mention that now. The last thing to do on this podcast is Radizani is now officially gone on Sampdoria. No to do with Leeds anymore. He had six years. Overall, how did he do? Fine. It's just, you, you can't take away that he is the man that helped build our way back to the Premier League because it was absolutely massive. Yeah. Because outside of the first Simon Grayson season and the Gary Monk year, we really hadn't come within an arse's raw of promotion. No, our two, our two near misses, it wasn't like getting beaten in the playoff final, it was nearly making the playoffs. Yeah, it was finishing seventh, wasn't it? If yeah. I remember rightly, both times. Um, so, the, the the fact that he, you know, he was part of the team that went, you know, helped us get Bielsa, helped us build that team and get up, it, you can't take that away from him. And, and it was and at, and at the time, he did put in a decent chunk of his own money to do it. Yeah. Got got Ellen Road back, um, which again, it, it, you know, we ha- we haven't owned since two thousand three. 
Yeah. Which also has been reissued as an asset of community value again, like it was before. Obviously, yeah. they let that lapse because they messed up, which is probably one of the reasons Radizani could sign that piece of paper. Um, but yeah, it's back again, and that is sorted again. Luckily. Yeah, but but then yeah, he also oversaw just the complete, the completely terrible two years of underfunding the first team and allowing. Or to too much control over signings when yeah. we probably needed to be more pragmatic and sign a 32-year-old Premier League left back. Mm. Because it like it, when when Newcastle spent that money and signed Matt Target. Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah, um, and well, when, I suppose when Villa did as well. Like everyone was going, Yeah, that's the sort of <laughs> that's a left back. <laughs> Kieran Trippier. Fantastic example at this point. Very, you know, experienced. Yeah, he's probably going to cost you a bit, but and again, I'm not saying oh, they could play left back for us. No, but um, we needed but, a left-sided version of that. Yeah, just get someone who has played in this league for a while, and it, you know, is good at it. Mm. Like that's what we needed, and it it didn't happen. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try and do it as a score, and I would say. I've come down on like six out of ten. At five, it's it's probably a five or six because there is a rele- there is a completely avoidable relegation in there. If you'd have, if you'd have asked me the day after the season finished, I'd have been at like four. I, I but I've calmed I've calmed down a bit now because I, as much as I'm annoyed at how the, how he's run things the last two years and he shares a massive part of the blame for it, he di- because he was owner with Bielsa in. He was also the owner for the bit of supporting leads that I have enjoyed the most in my entire life. I include us being in the Champions League semi-final. I enjoyed Bielsa way more than that. Probably because I was only a kid and I didn't really appreciate the Champions League thought. But like I just the football we were playing, everything, it was just the best. And I suppose if I, I can't ever give a failing grade once that's been a thing. Yeah. Um, so you know, you got us promoted, which was brilliant. We had a ninth in the Premier League. I would say that first year was a bit crap, but that's a start. You've then got three good ones in a row, and then two bad ones. So it's sort of three and it's sort of three and a half to two and a half in favor of good, yeah. Um, and although it's annoying, he is one of the very we haven't had loads of owners recently. There, where you, they weren't like he was a bit of a dick and said stupid things on Twitter and a lot of a dick in going to Myanmar, but like he wasn't quite the same level of just an antagonizing fuck like we'd had some of the times previous. And ultimately, as annoying as it is, we are in a better spot now than we were when he took over. It's it should have been a much better spot, but where we are now is a stronger position. Where, like you know, as much as it's all that corporate bollocks, what was it like? The turnover was thirty million when he took over, and by the end of the time in the championship, it was sixty. Like yeah. 
there were good things and the club is in a more solid position. So yeah, I think six out of ten is probably fair. Yeah, but, it should, have, but it should have been eight and a half, nine if it had sold up two years ago. To be honest, if it had sold yeah. up two years ago, I'd have probably said like nine and a half. Because I'd have still been just thinking about Bielsa. I'd have been like, no one's a ten, so nine and a half. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's. I can't. I can't wait for us to not be talking about this anymore. I can't wait for us to be banging on about how shit Forty Niners are now. Yeah, can't wait for us to be going. <laughs> yeah, here, here we are, opening day of the season. Cardiff, who were right down there in the relegation betting, and we're like probably. I haven't even looked at the odds yet, but I'm guessing like one of the two favourites to win the league. Um. I don't know how it's going to happen, but we are going to lose 1-0 and Kiefer Moore is going to score that header. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a, it will happen. Yeah. Stick, um, yeah. um, Sean <laughs> Morrison is going to score the header from a corner. Oh, Sean Morrison yeah. might have retired five years ago. I've no <laughs> idea. I need to start. I need, I need the uh, Not the Top 20 previews to come out because I... I, I know nothing know of the championship now. I don't know anything anymore. Um, is Clinton Morrison still a thing? <laughs> so yeah, we will see. Um, we have a friendly on Saturday against Monaco, so the next podcast will probably be after that. Unless, like, if we've made three big signings by Friday, we'll probably do one earlier. But we'll see what happens. So, uh, I think that that's everything covered, mate. I think so. Cool. Uh, well, in. About half an hour, we'll go out drinking. So I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one.